0: to get the edge with your Premier League betting predictions, Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. We combine betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to EPL Insights, data provided by InfoGoal. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osgathorpe with you once again. It's a quick turnaround for us and you. After uh, after the Arsenal City game on Wednesday, we're back at it. So are those two teams this weekend. And the title race perhaps looking a little different today. Uh, At Gareth Wheeler, at Jake Oz is where you follow along as we keep this train moving, Jake. 2023 continues to be a good one for you and I.
1: It does. Yeah. We've, we've I think, is it every week now we've posted profit? Um, Again, my, mine have been sort of marginal profit over the last couple of weeks in terms of just eking out, you know, four wins, two losses and a push, that kind of thing. And, and you know, edging out if you're doing it as a level stakes, edging out to one and two points profit per week. But over the long run, that all adds up. And. The main thing is we want to make profit, and I think you had a slightly better week last week than I did, and yeah, I still but, made profit, so that must be good.
0: I, I included the the City uh, Arsenal game into the equation. I was on City on the spread of minus um, two point five, which meant an right right win would be an outright win. They won the game; that that one cashed. I, I like I still like my City a one nil exacter bet um, didn't come through, but I was impressed with the with the United Leeds game that two of my three bets came through. Funny enough, the one that didn't come through is I thought the, was the one I thought was locked on in the first half, which was over in terms of the cautions. Three in the first half, none in the second, but I got to puff out my chest. I said, we, we got into a little bit of a debate. Leicester City Spurs, it, it was going to be the biggest total of the week. That came through, the over cashed, Fulham beating Nottingham Forest I've been on a massive Forest fade um that came through uh, some of my tried and true bets uh Brentford I know it was controversial so but giving a goal a 1.25 away to Arsenal this Brentford team is on an incredible form right now that played so yeah it turned out to be another really good week for yours truly um Unfortunately, our best bet did not come through. We both like Everton plus a goal in the Merseyside Derby. I know there was a little bit of um, anguish, especially on your behalf, as by the way, the first Liverpool goal was scored because you were uh, actually on a James Tarkovsky goal.
1: Yeah, that was an impact to injury. I think we can call that (laughs) like 20 seconds. uh, Tarkovsky hits the post, which was close to a a plus 3000 winner um and liverpool go straight up the other end and just seriously put the plus one in danger didn't they and obviously they ended up covering that so yeah that was that was a really tough 20 seconds to take i, like, I was jumping up and down i you know i thought he'd scored and and then you are just watching liverpool run away so yeah that was that was not fun but yeah, it is it's part of the game you know you get those breaks that go for you sometimes and like the brentford one like i had both used to score in the brentford arsenal game so that was that was a break that went in my favor with the mm. The you know, the VAR official forgetting to draw the lines, which is always a a, a classic um, do you know your job kind of thing. But yeah, it, you know, we I, I was I, when you were talking about the the gate the bet in the Leeds game that that lost for you, I just remember getting a message from my brother who was watching it. Um and he said, Crikey should have had over cards here. Jesus. Like that was just in the first <laughs> half. That's what he said. And it yes. ended up going the under. So <laughs> that kind of yeah, that was that was definitely a bad beat for you.
0: Not much football at all of that game, or at least decent football played at uh, at Ellen Road. Uh, l- look, uh, let's get into um, the City-Arsenal game quickly. Manchester City ended up winning that game. 3-1 was the final. More importantly, it shifted the odds for the futures on Pinnacle. Uh, you can go to Pinnacle.com, Pinnacle.ca, wherever you are to get the latest and best and most competitive odds on market. Manchester City now minus 175 to go on and win the title. Arsenal plus 175 after the transfer window had closed. It was Arsenal at minus 135 and City at plus 120. Um, We kind of said at that time, City on a plus number to win the title. City on a plus number to win that game against Arsenal for me was a gift that kept on giving. Um, You said it based upon your models and your stats um, heading into the Derby, that even if City lost the game, that there would still be some good value in terms of City going on to win the title. What happened? What played out? And how have the numbers shifted?
1: Yeah, so going into the game, we were obviously quite heavily on an Arsenal um, title success. I think it was about 58%, nearly 60%. Now we are firmly... Or the model firmly calculates that it's it's effectively cities to lose now which um may come as a bit of a surprise given that the level on points arsenal have got a game in hand but such is how the actual model works that the ratings for both teams are taken into account obviously and, and man city are rated higher because they've been performing at this top level for a longer period of time um than what arsenal have um which means that there's more trust in them actually Picking on and, and winning more matches, and you know the expected points is what we use to calculate it. <clears throat> we simulate every single match from now to the end of the season using those ratings, and, and we get an expected points total. We'll add that onto the total that's currently there, um, and run a plus on simulation to calculate the percentage chance of each team win the league. And after Manchester City's win, their percentage is now up to seventy percent. So wow. it's a seventy percent chance that City retain the title. Uh, I think would this be their fifth in six years, which is just incredible. Um, and it also means that the price that you've just quoted on Pinnacle, was it minus 175? As short as it is, is value with the 70% actually an implied odds of minus one to, uh, minus 233. So, yeah, uh, even though they are really short in terms of uh, the, the outright now, there is still value if you like a short thing.
0: These two sides still play one another. One more time, they play City at home at the Etihad. I'm guess obviously that game is going to have even bigger ramifications, considering what happened. Um, Arsenal do still have a game in hand. That's why that might be a little bit surprising to, to some people, Jake. That Arsenal still have uh, a, that much more of a runway to go up, and you know, and and make up that ground.
1: They do, yeah. Um, and I was looking at the fixtures, and to be fair, City their fixture list now actually looks. A lot kinder than Arsenal in the sense that you've got most of, I think this this, this was actually, they've now got all of their away big six meetings out out, out the way. So they, they don't have to travel to any big six team anymore across the remainder of the season, which I think is really crucial. Um, and then Arsenal, they've got a few more tough games coming up and that having to go to Manchester City a team that has effectively owned you for the last 10, you know, 10, 11 matches. I don't think, I think Manchester City have won all of them. Um, yeah, that that's it, it's a psychological blow for them to come to your place and win. Um, also to go to your place, win and not play overly impressively. I didn't think that they were, you know, streets clear of Arsenal. I thought it was just more of a clinical display kind of did what they had to, if you like, from a City perspective um, and they just showed a little bit more experience, didn't they? A little bit more nous in certain moments. Um, interesting that Arsenal were the team that dominated the ball for most of the game. And City actually created most of the chances from high turnovers, um, which is almost like a rolled reverse of what you would have expected um, in terms of heading into the match. You'd expect City to be the ones that have the ball and Arsenal to do the pressing. So really interesting from a tactical perspective, but you know that strength in depth again for City just... It showed up, didn't it? You know, no Thomas party for Arsenal. I huge doubts as soon as that was announced. I know we liked the Jorginho signing, but he isn't party. Um, you know, and meanwhile, you've got City still playing Bernardo Silva at left back, and then eventually changing to a more functional formation and taking control.
0: Uh, both Arsenal and City feature in the first two games that we're going to feature for this game week. I just want to say really quickly, uh, you're right in terms of possession. Thirty six percent possession. Uh, is the lowest for a Pep Guardiola Manchester City side since he took over. So they're willing to give up the ball. Secondly, Bernardo Silva defending on the left side of a back four um, is insanity for me. They they got let off the hook. The fact that they sold their left back, this just tells me that there is no sold great two team. left backs. <laughs> yeah, sold two, right? Zinchenko <laughs> before, two Arsenal. I mean, there are no great teams in this Premier League. This Manchester City team is flawed. And we'll see what their fixture list looks like and how they're going to make up for this with critical Champions League games on the horizon as well. And finally, Arsenal and Man City play one another. There's only a five-point gap between City Arsenal and Manchester United, plus 1,800. I keep on kicking this. It might be worth a punt. At plus eighteen hundred for a team that's five points back and doesn't need to play either of the teams that are actually ahead of them in the table, we'll see. It depends how you, you look know at my United. Opinion on this, don't you? I, that they have tough games. I I I get it. But yeah. in a league, you want to know where what the infical model gives Manchester United? One percent, not even as percent.
1: One point seven percent, which ah. equates to a moneyline price of plus five thousand seven hundred eighty-two. So the plus wow. eighteen hundred is. Yeah, that's that's too short. It is too short.
0: But that's incredible for me that a five-point gap would equate. But it's obviously strength of schedule, away games at Liverpool, Newcastle, Spurs on the horizon. It really depends how you look at those teams and the way that they're trending right now. And I don't think that there's any team, bar maybe Brentford right now, who hasn't been on a little bit of a wobble. And you could put United in that category as well. Two of the most informed teams, at least in terms of results, in the Premier League as well. Uh, yeah. Let's get into let's get into it. I mean, uh, with our feature, five games for this week, and then we'll go rapid fire for the other, and we'll kind of fill the gaps and give some thoughts and insights on the teams as we deal with their games. So let's start off with Saturday fixture. Quick turnaround for Arsenal, who now find themselves number two. In second place, they're traveling to Villa Park to take on 11th place, Aston Villa. Villa coming off a 3-1 loss to Man City last week, and They got smashed. It was 3.43 to just 0.25 in the XG battle. Back-to-back losses, and they have conceded seven goals in the process. They really missed Mings at the back. The good news for Villa, uh, Ollie Watkins has scored in three straight games. They've gone over two and a half goals in four of five. Both teams to score in five of six. First to score in four of five. But their only home win since Unai Emery's first, since his first game in charge when they beat Manchester United was against Leeds. Although they have scored in their last seven straight home games in all competitions. They're 5-2-4 and four at home overall, 17 goals, 4-15 against. Arsenal, no wins in four. What did I tell you, Jake? I've been fading Arsenal for a while and it's coming through now. The 3-1 loss to City on Wednesday. They lost the game and they lost the XG battle for the third consecutive game as well. 1.88 to 2.01 in the game. They did have the penalty, which certainly helped in that area. Just one shot on target, despite the 64% possession, a no party, no party. Uh, there's a noticeable lack of attacking options available as well. No clean sheets in their last five for a team that was excellent defensively. They were making mistakes, amateur mistakes at the back. And they've been the first to concede in four of their last five games. Now they do have that extra game in hand, but the defensive woes have to be a little bit of a concern. They're eight, one and two. They have the best away record in the premier league. And they've conceded the joint fewest away with just seven and the second best away expected goal differential. 6.8 according to InfoGoal. Head-to-head, it was a 2-1 Arsenal win back in August where they had 22 shots. Remember, reminder, Gerard was the manager of Villa at that time. Arsenal is one, have won three straight. Villa haven't picked up a clean sheet over that span. Remember, Unai Emery managing against his former side when he managed Villarreal in 2021. They knocked Arsenal out of the Europa League semi-final that year. So what do we like what stands out to you heading into this game on the weekend? Arsenal coming into this on a wobble, walking wounded and on short rest.
1: Yeah, uh I'm finding this game really difficult to call. Um if if this game had taken place 2 weeks ago and you were offering me this kind of price for Arsenal to win then i'd be taking arsenal to win but the way in which they've played the last three matches in the league i guess the main concern for me is the amount of chances that they're conceding you know we, we've seen everton rack up 1.9 xg brentford over 2 xg man city now over 2 xg as well that that that's starting to look more like a trend than a one off um so i've got massive hesitancy in terms of getting arsenal on side even at this price and you know no party as you said that is a problem. That it really is a problem. I think that their their points per game with and without him is considerably different. And it's nearly two two points per game when he's in the side, one point one when he's out. that That's a major concern for me. Um, and yeah, it's it's how do they recover psychologically. You know they they were in such a commanding position, you know, two, three weeks ago. I remember doing a video on it actually, and I think it was titled "Can City Catch Arsenal?" and the result. <laughs> of of the video at the end was basically like a city have been here before like they've been eight points behind liverpool a couple of seasons ago chase them down no problem like that's kind of what's happened um and i don't think this arsenal team have got the same mentality as those liverpool teams to kind of keep pace um so yeah i think this is this is a crucial game it's really big for arsenal's title credentials because you know they're not out of it yet it's not it's not over There's a lot of ground to, you know, a lot of games to be played. Like you said, City have got Champions League. They'll want to go deep in that. So it's not completely over um, unless they lose here. And then it really is kind of curtains in my book. Um, So, yeah, I I struggled to kind of find a bet in this that I liked because um, I've not seen anything from Villa, really, that's impressed me that much. Their underlying data from before Emery, and under Emery are pretty identical. Uh, just the results have been different, so they're, they're still performing like a, the 12th, 13th best team in the league. They were doing that before, even under under Gerard. So yeah, it, 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 they could have Arsenal could have a much tougher match um, than what they're going to have this weekend in terms of the way in which Villa are playing. So I was just quite happy to kind of give it a watching brief this one. Um, if I was to have a lean, it would be towards the unders on the goal line, but. Nothing concrete for me here.
0: Uh, I'll make this quick. Uh, Villa with the spread, plus half a goal at plus 109. You're giving me a plus number for a winner, a draw for Villa at home against an Arsenal team that's reeling right now. That really up top. They play with five players for four positions. That's all they have. They've just started coming off the bench, and those players look tired. They look a little bit leggy. Um, they were maintaining possession of the ball. There's cutting edge at times, a little bit of lack of execution. I just don't think there can be regular goals with Eddie and Kedia leading the line as their number one right now. Um, so I have more questions about Arsenal. It's not by any means that I think that this Villa team is great, but Unai Henry. His side has beat United Brighton and Spurs since he took over in a relatively short period of time. I think he is a good coach. I think that they're, you know, it might be a cliche, but there's extra motivation playing as Arsenal. It's a team that's coming off two bad losses, you know, conceding seven goals in two games um, back at home, a place where they, the results haven't necessarily been there, but they play competitive football. I think they can come away with a draw in this one. that probably is the most preferred result for me, just in terms of where I think it will end up. So give me a plus number and add the win as a possibility into that equation. I'm going to take it. So they'll the spread plus half a goal at plus 109. Anything to add or should we move things on?
1: No, that's all good for me. I don't mind that play whatsoever. I think they, they, you know, we've kind of discussed that Arsenal look pretty vulnerable at the moment. So yeah, no no problems at all there. No, I, I mean, mean. If, if
0: the price shifted to a minus number, minus, you know, 110, 15, one, I I might not go there, but at plus 109, that number's too good to pass up on. Uh, let's go to 14th place, Nottingham Forest taking on first place, numero uno, Manchester City, with Forest coming off a 2-0 loss at Fulham to, to snap a streak of undefeated games at five before that. Um, it's not really surprised, however, because their away form is being dreadful. Home, they're just a much more difficult side to play at home. They're 5 3 3 on the season with a positive goal differential for Forrest of 14 goals scored and 12 against. And their XG ballpark 15.4 to 16.3 in terms of expected goals against, according to InfoGoal. Under two and a half goals scored. Uh, the games have gone in six of Nottingham Forest last seven. They've been the first to concede in four of five. They still only have 17 goals this season on 22 games. Only Everton have scored fewer. There are new issues at the back. Hamstring problems for Bully and McKenna coming off of last weekend. Something to monitor. City, normal service has resumed. 3-1 win at Arsenal. De Bruyne, Grealish, Holland. With both Holland and Diaz, they both play. That's good news. Um, It's bizarre to me that Bernardo Silva is playing like in a midfield role, but was defending Saka in a back four as Pep's trying to find solutions. The 36% possession against Arsenal, the lowest they've had during Pep Guardiola's time uh, as manager of City. They now have a goal differential plus of plus 36. That is 10 better than Arsenal, which perhaps goes into the thinking when it comes to the future plays as well. No clean sheet in their last three. They've gone over the total of two and a half and five of seven. They've been the first to score in four or five. They have lost the last three games away in all competitions uh, before Wednesday's win. Now they go back to back. They are six, two, and three away from home. 18 goals scored and 10 against. And they maintain the title of having the best away expected goals against an expected goal differential. Remember, head-to-head, 6-0. City beat Forest at the Etihad. Erling Haaland had a first half hat trick, and the XG was astronomical, 3.55 to 1.06. No surprise here. City, a significant favorite, but is there a bet to be made in this game, Jake? For
1: me, no. No. Again, just going to take a watching brief. It's, it's not like me to, you know, have no bets in these feature games. But sometimes when you just look at a game, prices look about right. And, you know, it's not worth the risk almost. You know, you've got City, a really short favourite, which is understandable. But you've got a Forest team who, at home, run on a really good unbeaten run. Um, and... Yeah, like they've, they've beaten Liverpool. They've drawn with Chelsea. I know City are better than both of those, but that kind of shows what they're capable of. They've drawn with Brentford as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, again, for me, I'm finding this a really difficult game to to kind of nail down. So it's going to be a no bet. City um, have a Champions League game in midweek. Do they have one eye on that potentially? And maybe almost a bit of complacency creeps in away at Nottingham Forest. You think it might be a gimme. You've seen... Man United go there, win comfortably. I don't know, does some of that creep in? Has me leaning towards Forrest on the handicap uh, or even the unders. But yeah, I, I'm I'm quite happy to just give this, again, a watching brief and focus of my attention elsewhere.
0: See, see, rather than Liverpool or Chelsea, I think that City and United are more comparable in terms of the tactical approach for games like this. Um, and... Quite frankly, United, whether it was in the Carabao Cup or in the league, just absolutely toyed with this Forest side. Add some potential defensive issues at the back. There's still a lot of injuries, Jake, in this Forest side as well. Um, My initial play, because again, I love my plus numbers. Wheeler on the plus. Uh, (laughs) Over three goals at plus 103. Why not? Forest can't defend this team early call to put three pass through the first half last time they played the overall total xg was creeping close to five in that game i just i i, I can't see this being a low scoring affair killer navas is going to be a very busy goalkeeper and at, at times when you show weakness you absolutely just get destroyed by this manchester city team can we see alvarez some different players that's fine they have plenty of of depth and talent and talent going forward. So that's why I play in this game over three at plus one Oh three. I wasn't entirely put off by city on the handicap of minus a goal and a half at minus one Oh nine, but over three at plus one Oh three is a better number for me. City hasn't been perfect at the back. Perhaps forest can, can, can score a goal. 14 of their 17 goals have come at home. You know, they do look a threat at times, City hasn't been very assured at the back, so I'm gonna stick with the total on this game.
1: Yeah, I I, I that was kind of <laughs> I was leaning unders, but I, I was again one of the reasons why I didn't pull the trigger is Man City's back line. And if they do end up playing Bernardo Silver at left back again, you could imagine Forest get a goal and then all of a sudden your overs is gonna get breached by City. So yeah, no problems again with that. Um but for me I'm happy to leave it alone.
0: They can bring in Rico Lewis. They can bring in Laporte. They can bring in a Kanji. Like they're they're they have more than enough to be able to go through this game. And now that they've taken over, you know, top place in the table, I don't think this is something that Pep wants to mess around with and uh, relinquish that. Heading to Leipzig, by the way, next week as uh, they start back up. But that game's out till Wednesday. This game's being played on Saturday, so I don't think that that's too much of an issue either. Um, perhaps. Well, let's just make it the case. The biggest game of the weekend, fourth place, Newcastle facing ninth place, Liverpool, Um, Newcastle. Can we just call them draw castle now? Are are you fine (laughs) with that? Because that's all they do. Another draw one, one at Bournemouth, uh, 1.5 to 1.8 XG in that game. It was evenly played in fairness. It's their third straight draw in a row and their fifth draw in their last six Premier League games, drawcastle. Get that trending. Uh, they haven't scored or conceded um, more than one goal in a game over that span, and they have 11 draws overall in 22 games this season. What's going on here? Um, Eddie, how are you tying all these games? I'm done. Try the veal. I'll be here all week. Uh, a reminder, they still just have one loss in the Premier League this season, and guess where it came? At Anfield against Liverpool, 98-minute winner by Carvalho in that game. Uh, No losses in their last seven in all competitions. No clean sheet in their last three. They've got under two and a half goals in six of seven. Because they don't concede, they don't score anymore either. And they've been the first to score in five of seven. They're six, five and oh at home, 19 goals scored, six against. Six is the fewest goals conceded at home in the Premier League. And they have the second best home expected goal differential as well. Bruno Guimarães is still suspended for this game. Callum Wilson missed last game with a hammy. I think it. it sounds like he's going to be good to go this weekend. Willick is out. St. Maximum and Almiron also left the game, picking up Knox. Both sound like they're 50-50, but leaning to the side of good to go. Liverpool, some good vibes for Jurgen Klopp and company. Loves Anfield, He loves life again. A 2-0 win uh, over Everton the Merseyside Derby. Salah and Cody Gakpo's first goal. Lots of excitement with also Firmino and Jota playing in the game, coming off the bench. And Virgil van Dijk was on the bench for that game and looks to be available going forward. It's just the second win in, their, in, in eight games in 2023 for Liverpool. Uh, and they crushed Everton in terms of the XG 2.13 to just 0.5. And it's their first win in terms of the XG battle in their last five games as well. They're just two, two and six away from home. Does that sound right, Jake? But it is. Only five teams have fewer away points in Liverpool, but they still somehow have the second highest away expected goals, according to InfoGoal. The problem is they're away expected goals against is bottom five. And overall, 11 goals scored and 19 against away from home. Cognate, Diaz, Tiago, are now the the big three that are missing for Liverpool. Head-to-head, like I said, 2-1, Liverpool over Newcastle last time out. That's three wins in a row for Liverpool over Newcastle. No losses in 12 against Newcastle, and no clean sheet for Newcastle in their last four, and both teams to score is played in six of eight. Depending on how you're looking at this, there's some enticing numbers available on Pinnacle. Which one, if any, of those numbers are you looking at?
1: I am going to be taking Drawcastle, Draw No Bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you must have had a microphone in our office on Monday because I said exactly the same. Did you really, Draw Castle? Yeah. Um, when Great we minds, Matt. Great exactly. minds. Exactly. We're spending really, too much time together.
0: <laughs> really corny lines, cheesy lines. It's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah. For a number of reasons, I'm happy to take Newcastle plus naught on the Asian handicap. Uh, I think it's minus one one four currently on Pinnacle. That for me is a decent number. Um, you, you mentioned their Liverpool's away record, which is laughable, isn't it? Two, two and six. Um, they've lost the last three away as well. Uh, and two of those sides actually feature in the top six of the XG table. So Brighton and Brentford. Um, Newcastle currently sit third in the XG table. So if that's anything to go by, then we should expect Liverpool to be kind of comfortably dealt with. Um, those three matches as well, they allowed 2.45 expected goals against per game on average. So they've really struggled um, recently away from home. But o- o- over the whole season, 2.08 expected goals against per game on the travels, which is relegation-worthy in terms of defensive numbers. Um, and yeah, the draws are hindering Newcastle's process big time. But performances have been good on the whole. You know, I know that yeah. they, they've marginally squeezed the XG battle against uh, West Ham and, uh, and Bournemouth in the last matches, but they they have come out on top in terms of XG in all seven matches since the restart. And if you take their their averages over that period, one point eight seven expected goals for, zero point nine expected goals against per game. Like that is a really solid process, and it is a top four level kind of process. Um, defense incredibly impressive, uh, and at home this season, only Manchester City and Arsenal have posted better underlying numbers and more expected points. So. Not only the unbeaten at St. James's Park, but the performances in front of their own fans have been pretty phenomenal. Um, particularly from what we saw last season. So yeah, I'm I'm not getting carried away with Liverpool's win over Everton. Um, I, I think that was a more to do with don't get me wrong, it was an improved performance, but it was more to do with being back at Anfield. Um, Everton didn't play with the same tenacity as what we saw um and then playing Derby the game Arsenal. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to just leave, not forget about that, but just not take that um, as seriously as, as what we've got from Newcastle, which is a large body of work with them being excellent. So, yeah, they're taking plus naught on the handicap. You obviously get your money back if the game is drawn, which, given Newcastle's record, there seems to be a pretty decent chance of a draw, which would see a money back. Um, but given Liverpool's defensive record, I think Newcastle will create chances, and they've had a massive finishing issue post-restart. I think it's 11.3 XG and they've only scored six or something like that. You know, that that kind of shows a bit of regression for the likes of Almiron who was on fire in the first half of the season but was overperforming. But ultimately, it tells you that they are creating chances at a very good rate and if they continue to do that, then regression will hit the other way and they'll start scoring at an expected rate. Like, Like I said, they're going to get chances here. Liverpool... Even against Everton, conceded a couple of good chances. The Tarkovsky header, obviously, which we've spoken about. He Iwobi uh, wo- crossed for Davies at the end for, a um, was it six, seven yards yeah, out? I don't know he how he missed over. that. You've got to hit a target, don't you, there? But, um, but yeah, I, I, I quite like Newcastle in this game. And I do think there's been a little bit of overreaction in terms of pricing from Liverpool's win on Monday night. Because... If you take these two teams' um, underlying numbers and just put them in a vacuum and don't say which team's which, you would get Newcastle much shorter in the market. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy to take Newcastle.
0: Yeah. Um, Same thing. Draw Castle. We're both on the same name. We're both on the same game. We're both on the same bet. Uh, Draw no bet. uh, Minus 114. Can I convince you to make a full play of Newcastle up plus 158 if I also add in the nugget that they play Real Madrid at Anfield on Tuesday? With players just coming back into this team, what's that 11 going to look like for Jurgen Klopp? Do do you go to an alternative handicap? Maybe, you know maybe with Newcastle, is there any other play? Like that has to factor into the equation. That is a marquee tie. Real Madrid coming to Anfield, there's expectation, real expectation. This is a very difficult trip that for Liverpool because I have the draw no bet and I'm considering locking in a full Newcastle win at plus
1: 158. Yeah, um, I understand that. All the underlying numbers suggest that we should. But given the but- <laughs> current finishing funk that Newcastle are in, and the fact that they are struggling to get three points over the line, the security of the draw no bet just it makes it a, a really obvious play to me. Even though it is a minus number and it's obviously not as big as the plus one fifty eight, it just it appeals to me given the number of draws that Newcastle have had that we can still get them, um, you know, to win, my you know, marginally minus number. But you get your money back if there's a, a draw. Um, yeah. I'm I'm probably a little bit of a safer gambler when it comes to taking these kind of <laughs> risks, and I, I personally I'm more than happy to double my stake on the draw no bet than take a, a you know half a stake on a, on Newcastle to win.
0: That's fair. Is, is there a number that would convince you? Is there a number number that the model suggests um, that that would convince you? Well, if if the number goes up for
1: Newcastle, the draw no bet number goes up as well. So. Uh, it probably would still <laughs> no be a bigger number. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, okay. I, I just 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 for the added security, you know, there's so many variables that can go in and out of your favour. Um, it, it just for me, it makes sense to w- while we can, while we've got this kind of extra or, or decent price with a bit of caution in there, um, that makes a lot of sense to me in in the long run. Um, but again, I wouldn't put anyone off back in Newcastle to win because I think they're the better team. I think the more organised team are obviously at home. They're fantastic at home, but you do have that caveat of the the fact that they are drawing a lot of matches. They're struggling to put the ball in the net, Um, and Liverpool are a team that you've seen them scoring bursts this season, as well as obviously conceding bursts. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm you've tried to sway me. I'm I'm quite happy sat on my draw no bet fence.
0: I, I just wanted to plant that seed for our viewers, for our listeners. Um, It's something that at the very least I've considered to the point I wrote it down. And I've underlined it three times. I just haven't circled it. But I did circle the draw no bet. And that's going to be my preferred play as well. I don't like unto risk. But once in a while, living on the edge, pushing your limits, is this the time to do it? It seems like the case. I'm looking at a flashing green light. But for whatever reason, I'm not going through disappointed in myself Uh, let's move to sunday manchester united third place taking on 13th place leicester city united coming up a scrappy 2-0 win over Leeds. we're recording this podcast before their europa league game on thursday uh at barcelona marcus rashford has 13 goals since the world cup in all competitions that's four more than any premier league player what a turnaround from last year to this Garnacho got the old goal to ice it. They did lose the XG battle 2.11 to 1.36 in that game. And David De Gea picked up a clean sheet in his 400th game for Manchester United. Um, Martinez and Sabitzer are both suspended for that trip to Barcelona. So they'll be starting. They'll be fresh on the weekend. Casemiro will be playing against Barcelona, but is suspended for Sunday's fixture at home. Uh, before the Barcelona game, United undefeated in six. They've gone over two and a half goals in five of seven, and they've been the first to score in seven of eight. Their home record is unbelievable. They're eight, two and one at home on the season. And Jake, I had to double check this. They're undefeated in their last 16 in all competitions at home, dating back to September 8th And a controversial loss to Real Sociedad. Lissandra Martinez was called for a hat. It was never a handball. It was ridiculous. Um, But the games are adding up. They do a Barcelona at home next week and the Carabao Cup final the following weekend. Leicester City, here we go, Brendan Rodgers. Back-to-back statement wins, 4-1 over Spurs after a 4-2 win over Aston Villa. Back-to-back games, they go on and beat the highest-placed team that they beat on the season. Um, And then went behind to get Spurs, and then they scored four unanswered. Iannaccio's now scored in three straight games. Your boy, James Madison, he's fit and firing. Harvey Barnes has come back alive. I'm believing in the Foxes right now. That's three straight wins in all comps, no losses in four, although they've been first to conceded in five of six, 36 goals scored. That's tied for six in the league. Problem is they conceded 38, which is 18th. They're away form uh, hit or miss. Literally. Four wins, no draws, seven losses. Head-to-head, United beat them in September. It was a boring game. It was 1-0. Sancho scored the goal in that game. No clean sheet for Leicester City. And their last 20 games against Manchester United, both teams' scores cashed in five of six. A-, a difficult one considering the Europa League fixture on Thursday. I have no play in this game, so I'll give you the floor, Jake.
1: It could well be a short segment, this one. <laughs> Because I've not really got a play that I massively fancy either. Um, I mean, if I was leaning, it would be goals because we've seen Leicester have gone a little bit crazy again with the goals after a a quiet period. Um, Yeah, you know, over three at minus 101 is something I could potentially get on board with um, for perhaps a, a smaller kind of play. Like I said, Leicester generally are brilliant for goals especially when they travel actually um mainly because they can't defend when they play away from home they're <laughs> shipping over yeah. two expected goals against per game which is um you know incredibly lofty but they, they've scored four back-to-back matches they've done what I always say that that is unsustainable um which is completely over overperform um I think it's 3.3 Xg they scored eight times over those two matches and we do see this in bursts from leicester I'm sure we see it from other teams as well but this season they had a, a you know they've had three four game bursts at a time where they've scored a ridiculous amount of goals from the chances created um but ultimately they it drops off it does regress and that's why they find themselves kind of in the lower half of the table um yeah I, man united weren't great at leeds last week they conceded over two expected goals in that match um and if Leicester can find something in attack then we could be in for quite an entertaining game uh, I've got no doubts whatsoever that United will score. Um, the market really likes United to score twice. I think it's minus 174 on the team total. Yeah, I looked at that. No chance. United to score two that. or more, yeah. which there's very short, isn't it? And uh, no value to be had there. So, I mean, for me, if you think like the market has got really short on team total for United to score twice, you only need one more goal for a push on the over three. Like that seems highly likely to me. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably have a small play on the over three goals at minus 101. Push if it finishes 2-1 or uh, 3-0. Winner if you get four goals. That appeals to me now. Um, I've talked myself into it. Yep, that'll do. Go, I'll
0: just add, go on United and we'll move on from there. Um <laughs> <laughs> fifth place Spurs hosting um, 16th place West Ham Spurs. Oh, it's been a disastrous week for Spurs after they beat City, hasn't it? Like, geez, they lost 4-1 to Leicester City on the weekend, lost 1-0 at AC Milan at the San Siro on Tuesday. They got crushed in terms of the XG in that game, 2.09 to 0.59. Benton core done for the season. Uh, Poro was poor last weekend against Leicester. And we saw a Sarskip midfield in the Champions League. It sounds like a, a, a store <laughs> I got my socks at. Sar and Skip. Um, it's
1: bad, isn't it?
0: Uh, they've been the first to score in five or six. Oh, yeah. Lloris is out as well. Basuma is out, too, for, for Spurs. They scored 42 and I think Con-
1: Conte is not going to be there either again. He's still in Italy. That, uh... Again, that
0: might be a good thing because last time he wasn't there... They won. so. Well, he wasn't there last week either. Uh, think, right, right. Okay. I, I think he did. It kind of, doesn't really matter because <laughs> it's the same tactics. They play three at the back. You know. Yeah, they don't Scott look like on his lost. Yeah. There's no change. It's just, it, it's being dreadful. They are decent at home. Seven wins, no draws, and four losses. But they're expecting goal differentials right where they are on the table. It's like seventh best, and that's kind of what the team are, somewhere between fifth and eighth. A West Ham back-to-back one-one draws. The latest against Chelsea, although Thomas Suchek was a lucky boy, late penalty not given. But West Ham continued to be competitive. However, big injuries to Paqueta and a guard coming into that game; those look like serious question marks. Nothing confirmed at the time of taping. Zuma is still out. They haven't lost in their last four. They've only conceded three goals over that span. They're top half of the table in expected goal differential, but the actual goal differential is a problem. It's nineteen to twenty-seven away from home just 1 win 1 3 and 7 7 goal score 14th against but they did the fourth best expected goals against away from home as well they played to a 1-1 draw in august uh spurs haven't lost in their last 3 against west ham but spurs haven't picked up a clean sheet in their last 6 west ham no clean sheet in 3 both teams to score in 5 of 6 and spurs have scored first in 6 of 8 I like West Ham, but these injuries have like really made me pause before making a really big play in this game. I might have one, but I kind of want to hear what you have to say first. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, same, same for me. I was, I was all over looking at West Ham with a handicap. The injury news is a bit of a blow, but then again, Spurs have got massive injury problems themselves. And um, yeah, it, it this Spurs team now are starting to look like a side that could really drop out of even Europa League contention because the underlying metrics they're putting up are shocking. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed with myself that I didn't didn't kind of stick to my guns around Spurs last week. Um, they obviously had that win against City, but before that game, I was very bullish on being anti-Spurs because the numbers since the restart I've, were shocking. I've been it all year, Jake. I I've, you, you have. And I look like a genius for the first six, well, first yeah. 10 weeks when they were flying. Um, now you're looking like a genius. So it kind of flips like that. <laughs> but yeah, it, their, their numbers since the restart have been utterly horrendous. Um, bottom half kind of level. They, they've averaged 1.09 expected goals for per game. 1.09 for a team that contains Kane, Kulosevsky, Son, Richarlison. Um, they're they just they just not creating chances. That, that's been a massive issue for them. Uh, at the other end as well, they're, they're really not tight at all. 1.66 expected goals against per game. So on average, since the restart, they've been around 0.57 expected goals worse per game than their opponents, which is, like I said, it's kind of bottom-half relegation kind of levels. So... Um, yeah, for context, since the restart, West Ham have actually posted a plus 0.03 expected goal difference per game. So, West Ham have performed better than Spurs since the restart, yet they're the ones that are down there. Um we kind of hit home just how bad this Spurs team are performing. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of leaned on the attacking struggles of Spurs for this bet, taking the unders, um, under two and a half. I was hugely surprised it's a plus number here. Like, I, I could not believe my eyes. I thought that they got the, the over and the under mixed up because the over is minus 116 and the under is plus 105. But you've got a Spurs team that can't create and that really struggle, I even struggled at Leicester. And Leicester are one of the worst defensive teams in the Premier League. Um, yeah. And then West Ham, they, they look back to their awkward selves. They look like a really difficult team to play against yet again. Unbeaten in three, obviously beat Everton, uh, Lampard's Everton, which everyone did anyway. Uh, but draws against Newcastle and Chelsea. <laughs> Decent results and deserved results. Um, and as I said, the, the the process since the World Cup has been excellent. Um, very tight at the back, 1.35 expected goals against per game. So they're conceding fewer chances than Spurs. Um, and they're creating more chances than Spurs, 1.38. And the Unders has landed in five of their seven matches since the World Cup. Um, and for Tottenham, the Unders has landed... In all three of their home matches since the restart as well. So recent kind of general form for the unders has been good. Um, the data stacks up as well. And yeah, uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, I would have had two plays here. I would have definitely been taking West Ham to get a result.
0: Um, well, let's go West Ham with the spread because it's another spread with a plus number. Wheeler on the plus, man. This is a theme this week. Kind of convinced me based on what you said there. I had it written down. It's now circled. West Ham on the spread of half a goal um, at plus 107. They can draw this game. (laughs) Just I have zero confidence in Spurs to go out and win this game outright. West Ham competitive Spurs reeling. Yeah. At plus 107. Let's go with that. West Ham on the spread for all the aforementioned. They already drew this year as well. And West Ham were a nightmare um at at the beginning of the season as well so a low scoring competitive game like i can wrap my head around that um let's move on to rapid fire two of my favorite three plays of the week are included in a rapid fire by the way so let's get straight into it eighth place brentford taking on 12th place crystal palace do you have a play
1: Oh yes, I've got a plan. Oh yeah, sure you here well. we
0: go. Best man of the week. <laughs> this, this is this this is best this set material. Yes, absolutely. We've been yeah. riding this all season long. It brought like like a shimmer to my eye. Like it was like you know the cartoons where the cartoon dog their their, their tongues roll out.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I felt I like. Go ahead,
0: you. take take the floor.
1: I jumped out of my seat when I saw the price. Um, I couldn't believe yeah. it. It. it you're getting minus 114 for a team that have performed like a top six side um, that are unbeaten in 10 league games, including away at Man City and Arsenal. They've won the XG battle in both of those matches as well. So it wasn't like they just turned up there, part of the bus, um, tried to get a point. Uh, and yeah, at home, they've been pretty sensational. The underlying metrics are fantastic. 1.9 expected goals for per game, 1.25 against. So they're absolutely dominant when they play at home. Um, And, yeah, we've been saying all season, haven't we, that when when they are at home and they're a decent price, they are must-bet material. Um, That's exactly what we've got here. Not only are Brentford phenomenal at home, and we we really like them when they're playing at home in the unbelievable form, but Palace are shocking. Like They're they're playing really bad right now. Um, Third worst team in the league based on expected goal difference and expected points. Since the restart, their only wins come against Bournemouth, which, again, most, most teams actually beat Bournemouth. Um, they've lost the XG battle in seven of eight since the restart and they've allowed 1.94 expected goals against per game in that time so they are really performing like a relegation team I did a video on them last week just to highlight how bad things are um, how they've actually regressed to the Roy Hodgson levels of uh, of performance according to the data um, and how troubling that actually is and I'm not saying they're going to get relegated because they've obviously got quite a few points in hand but boy they are Trying their best to get dragged right into that situation, um, and yeah, like th- this is not the kind of game you want for me. Um, they're, they're still missing some key players. Palace, Brentford, pretty, pretty much fully fit, aren't they? And and absolutely flying at the moment. They are. So, so yeah, Brentford minus I, the lines moved a little bit. It was minus one twelve last night. But it's now minus one one fourteen, which I think is still unbelievable value. I'd probably have it close to minus one twenty five, yes. maybe minus one thirty.
0: And this is a friendly reminder. If you see a number like this, bet it earlier in the week before the odd shift and you lose any of that extra juice that you might have. Brentford top six in goals and expected goals in the Premier League this season. They're continued to be undervalued, especially at home. Brentford at home, my best bet of the week. Your best bet of the week? Um,
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: Okay. We're we're locked in for that. By the way, only Bournemouth has a worse XG than Crystal Palace on this season. That's a bad palace of being. Um, so we'll take that with a smile on her face. I'm, I'm not sure what kind of looks on your face when it comes to 15th place Wolves against 19th place Bournemouth, a very important game. Yeah. Ooh. Do you have a play, however?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a snooze fest. Hence <laughs> the uh, the yawn there for listeners who <laughs> can't see what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the line is set at... Two and two, two and a quarter. Um, I'm happy to take a slightly shorter price and take under two and a half, uh, at minus 128. Bar that Liverpool game, which Wolves created nearly three expected goals, they've really struggled to create chances. Now, I'm presuming, like, even last week when they won at Southampton, I know they were down to 10 men, but they didn't create an awful lot. Um, and, and I think that Liverpool game could prove to be an anomaly, it could have just proved to be right place, right time, playing a really bad Liverpool defense. Um, but yeah. It, Under Lopetegui, they've generated just 0.95 expected goals for per game, if we exclude that Liverpool um, one-off. They've played four matches against what we would call the rest. So they've they've actually, under Lopetegui, they've played three top six sides. Um, They've won three of them against relegation rivals. They've averaged 1.12 expected goals for and 1.19 expected goals against per game. So just from reading those numbers, you can see that there's not a lot of chances at either end when Wolves play a team outside the big six. Um, as for Bournemouth, away from home since the restart, four games, four defeats, no goals. Um, so they're doing their best to uh, to survive. And in those four matches, I know they played, they played some decent sides across those four games. But they've generated just 0.66 expected goals for per game, so really struggling to create chances. Over the course of the season, it rises to just 0.84. 64% of Wolves games this season at home have gone under two and a half goals, and Bournemouth matches overall the season have been under on 55% of the time. So, adding the fact that it could be cagey, it being a, a kind of inverted commas relegation six pointer, which is the term that we like to throw around at this stage of the season then um I can see that adding to the kind of tight nature of this game. And I don't think wolves are the kind of side that will open up anyway and try and play expansive football. They're, they'll try and grind out results to get to get clear. So I like the unders. Like I say it's a shortish price at minus one twenty eight, but I, I think that's got a really good chance of coming.
0: I considered Bournemouth plus 0.75 at plus one oh one. Scrap that no bet for me. I will stay away um won't even watch this. Even though I thought Bournemouth Played pretty well against Newcastle last weekend. Uh, We got a move. So I also really like my bet in this game as well. Sixth place Brighton against seventh place Fulham. I think you know where I'm going, but let's hear from you first.
1: Uh, It's a no bet from me. So I'll throw it straight back.
0: Okay. Uh, Over 2.75 goals at minus 101. Almost even odds. Fulham is being, well, Fulham and Brighton are my two. And Leicester City, those three teams, I just always bet the over. Fulham have kind of gone in the other direction in recent weeks, but what better game to open things back up against than Brighton, a team that's just happy to regularly go out and attack, even when they don't score goals. Like, even against Palace last week, they had a much more positive XG than their overall total in the 1-1 draw. So... Um, yeah, give me two teams that love to play free free flowing attacking football, full and one. The first time that they played this season, it was a two one game. They've gone over the two and a half goal total when these two teams play eight of their last 10 games, and both teams to score is cashed in six of eight. So give me over 2.75 at almost even odds, minus 101. That's probably my second favorite bet of the week. Um, Everton and Leeds. Ooh, this is a real. Relegation battle. I think both these teams could end up going down. Perhaps Deitch gets Everton out of trouble. Um, I have no bet in this game. If I don't know who Leeds manager is going to be, I certainly don't know what's going to happen in a game like this. Um, I'm staying far away from this one.
1: I am taking a bet in this one. Woo! right. You're braver it, than I. It's nothing to do with the traditional markets because, yeah, they're, they're difficult to kind of pin down. You've got Everton. We don't know what they're going to be under Dyche. We've seen one good, one bad. Leeds don't have a manager. They, Again, we don't know what we're going to get from them long-term. But one consistent theme tends to be a lack of discipline between the, <laughs> uh, with, with these sides. Um, yeah, we've got two, two really good teams for cards here. And you throw in the magnitude of the situation, the fact that this is 18th uh, versus 17th, um, one point separating them. Everton win, they go out the relegation zone. Leeds win, they extend that gap to four points. Um, And then you just sprinkle in a good refereeing appointment as well with Andy Madley, who's averaged 3.4 cards per game in the Premier League. Then over bookings, we're looking at over four bookings, looks like a real runner to me. Uh, The price is currently minus one thirty seven, so it's a little bit shorter than what I was hoping for. But as you told me pre-show, this actually the over four bookings line on Pinnacle means you get your money back if there's exactly four bookings. So all of a sudden that price doesn't look as bad because you're getting uh, that little bit of security there if there are only four cards. I'd be surprised if there are only four. I really would. Um, the averages so Everton have averaged two point two cards per game this season, Leeds at two point three. So if you add those up together, you know you're already above. You're at four and a half. Obviously, could go either way. It's the way away. both
0: teams play too. They they it both, is. yeah, it's the style of play, you know,
1: comes into it heavily, has to. Yeah, you've got the style of play. You've got the crowd at Goodison and the how close they are, the proximity to the pitch. You just feel like they're on top of you, which almost raises that tenacity um, and that kind of fight, the gravity of the situation, the importance of the game, the fact that you've got, as I've said, two really indisciplined teams. So uh, Everton have collected... Um, two or more cards in 68% of league games this season. Leeds have collected two or more in 77% of league games. And they're not just collecting them themselves, but they also draw cards from their opponents, which I thought was really interesting. And both teams um, have drawn two or more cards from their opponents in 64% of matches. So, you know, you've got two, te- two teams that are good at collecting cards, but also drawing cards. And as I said, the referee is a good appointment. His last five league games, he's gone. He, he's, his totals have been... One, yeah, that's all right. Three, six, seven, and nine. So he has got the capabilities to go bonkers here, which I absolutely love. Um And I think <laughs> his his seven-card game was pretty recent, actually. I think that might have been his last outing. Uh, and his nine cards was, uh no, seven cards was Man City v Everton. And his nine cards was Arsenal v Newcastle, which was pretty recent. So he has got the capabilities to go completely nuclear when it comes to dishing cards, which I like.
0: Brilliant. Uh, Let's move on to our final game of the weekend. How about this one? Uh, 10th place, Chelsea against 20th place, bottom of the table, Southampton. Your guy, Nathan Jones, out. Uh, Southampton are an absolute mess. It was going to be Jesse Marsh, the manager. Not sure which direction they go now. Against a Chelsea side that's spinning in circles. Like Felix scores in the 1-1 draw against... West Ham last week. You're, you're thinking progress? They lose 1 0 to Dortmund in the Champions League on Wednesday. One win in nine games overall for Chelsea. Uh, Graham Potter's having to defend whether he gets mad or not, which is mad in its own right. This team has gone under two and a half goals in five of five and 10 of 12. So my play is very simple. If you're going to give me under two and a half goals in this at minus one Oh four, I'm taking it because Chelsea can't score. They, they don't, they don't look like they have any interest or will, or I, they look incapable of scoring more than a goal in a game. Um, so give me under the total in this game.
1: Yeah, No complaints at all from me there. I'm actually not going to bet in this one. I'm leaving this alone. Uh, Yeah, Chelsea are a really difficult team to gauge because there's all that potential there, but it's just not clicking yet. Don't know whether it will this season and whether it'll be next season, but... I don't think it will. I Yeah, like the record, if you go all competitions, Chelsea have won just three of the last 15 matches, (laughs) which is incredible. They've drawn four in that time, which means they've lost eight. That's not good at all. Um, No matter how Southampton turn up, you know, whether they get a boost from Jones just not being there, it seems like he was a bit of a wild one. um whether he's a kind of like whether that's a, almost a sigh of relief for players not having to um work with him, work under him, maybe you get a, an improved performance, but yeah, like you know there, there's there's a lot there's a, a asterisk next to Southampton, but we know what we get from Chelsea, which is a side that struggled to create chances and at the same time look fairly tight at the back so absolutely like that play of the unders there. I might I might have a small bet on that myself, actually. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Oh, we'll yeah.
0: convinced him. Convinced yeah. him. Uh, the way that things are going, Graham Potter might be a future manager of Southampton in the league championship. Let's <laughs> <That's, laughs> make a future play. That might, that could happen sooner rather than later. All right, that's the board for this week. For the back-to-back weeks, we're aligned on our best bet of the week. Go on Brentford. We like draw castle uh, similar plays this week. So good vibes all around heading into the weekend. Uh, good stuff, Jake, as always.
1: Nice one. Yeah. Thank you. Best of luck this week. Hopefully we get another profitable one.
0: You can follow him at Jake Oz, myself at Gareth Wheeler. Remember, tell your friends at Pitacle on Twitter and the Pitacle social channels. This is where you get podcasts like this, where we try to, lead you in the right direction ahead of the weekend's fixtures. Uh, golf in full swing now. Uh, plenty going on. At the, is that at, a pun the, there for the new Netflix series? Yeah, yeah, full swing. I didn't say in full swing. Golf is. Tigers playing this weekend at the Genesis. Uh, well, potentially. We'll see if he makes the weekend. But lots of good stuff going on. And go to Pinnacle.com for your best bets. Uh, remember, please gamble responsibly. And the odds that we use are accurate at the time of recording. On behalf of Jake and everyone at Pinnacle, I am Gareth Wheeler. This has been EPL insights with data provided by InfoGoal.